0: Welcome to a very special bonus edition of the Judge John Hodgman podcast, sponsored by our friends at Chevrolet. This week, we're tackling all matters of car-related disputes and queries. And for that, we have brought in a special expert witness. Uh, Hi, Judge Hodgman. Before we get to this uh, expert witness, how are you,
1: sir? hello bailiff jesse how are you
0: uh i'm okay i had some car related uh issues today (laughs) but maybe maybe we should introduce our special guest witness before what what happened
1: did you did you start driving it too late
0: (laughs) (laughs) well that was the central i'll give you the full rundown once we introduce our uh, special expert witness uh she is a stand-up comic she's a correspondent on no you shut up with paul f tompkins uh, she was the co-host of the late and dearly lamented Max Fun podcast Wham Bam Pow. Uh, she is the star and executive producer of the upcoming CISO show Take My Wife. She is an automobile enthusiast, as evidenced by her Instagram feed, which is exclusively pictures of her dog and cars she thinks are cool. Rhea Butcher. Hello.
2: That is that is I. Instagram car photo expert.
0: Okay, so here's here's what happened. Judge Hodgman yes, uh, this morning I'm ready
1: I'm uh, the uh, the automotive court is ready to hear your <laughs> your plea, and plea we'll see if we'll we'll see, we'll see about your ticket in a minute. go ahead.
0: okay, so I, I my wife was uh out of the house last night. Uh, she went and uh, got a hotel room with a friend uh, to have a girls' night out um, and uh, so I was with the kids this morning and and I was taking the two of them uh, to the YMCA where I, okay. I intended to do exercises uh, mm-hmm. while they colored in pictures of Minions.
1: What were you going to do? Were you going to lift a medicine ball? Or were you going to... Uh, kettlebell? Get that, yeah, kettlebell. Or were you going to put that thing around your waist and makes you go...
2: Perhaps you were flipping tires getting ready for this podcast.
0: Yeah, it's a 1920s YMCA, so yes to all of those.
1: <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard for me because you're a man of, of, of such, such old and courtly style.
0: To it's hard for me, me to imagine
1: you in in <laughs> you know special space fabrics <laughs> running on a running on an automated treadmill or something.
2: Wicking materials do not evoke yeah. Jesse Thorne for me. So the context
0: right. to this is, I recently bought my first ever new car of my life, and when I did mm. that, it's it's also my first ever real dad car. I made right. a rule. I thought back to I had a friend. When I was a little kid named Jody Scott, my best friend when I was uh, when I was little from when we were born in hospital rooms next to each other. Nice. And uh, Jody's dad, when we were like five years old. Bought... I, think that's
1: creep. I think that's creepy, but go on. This okay. kid's been creeping on you since birth.
0: Bought a brand new, uh, Andy bought a brand new uh, station wagon when we were five years old. And the rule was you could not do anything in the station wagon. Like, you could not eat in the station wagon. You no had breathing. To, like, yeah. You, and,
1: and wait a minute. A five, year, a five year old bought a station wagon? No.
0: His dad, Andy, bought a station wagon. Oh, Jody's right. dad, Andy, bought a station wagon.
1: I
2: mean, Andy does not sound like a name for a dad. So I'm with John right. on that one. It's very confusing. He was
1: oh, in yeah, an man. Afrobeat band. <laughs> so was it a five year old adopted by a seven year old? Yes. <laughs>
0: So he bought this station wagon and he made these rules about what you could and couldn't do in it and basically the rules were you couldn't do anything in it. And that was dracon at the time as a five year old I saw this as draconian. Um <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, he also th- also thought it was weak of us when we played catch with a tennis ball instead of a, a hard ball. Mm,
2: that is weak. Uh, but we Got were to like side with we Deon were seven five and we years. were playing
0: in the street, so we could right. have broken any of the many cars that were within three feet of us. Yeah. So anyway, not uh, if you catch
1: the ball. <laughs> then, wait so, first, wait. I just want to. Can I just point out that we've barely begun our special episode of Judge John Hodgman. <laughs> And because <laughs> this story started out with why you were late to the podcast that just started. And then somehow it immediately got to the room in which you were born.
0: <laughs> well, we had to start from the beginning, John. I presume that, no. I presume that you were going to, John, go immediately to the fact that Rhea has already started jock shaming us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, it's one of one of the great pleasures of speaking to Ria. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so anyway, uh, the thing is, is I felt you know terrible what, about this as a five year old. It, be-
1: it gets better, Jesse. It gets better. It does get better. Be- Thank you. You're being bullied by Rhea right now. <laughs> I, it gets
0: better. I, I as a five year old, it seemed ridiculous, and even as a seven and eight year old, it still seemed ridiculous. Um, then one then, day, when we were like college age, I ran into Jody. And he was driving that car. It had like 200,000 miles on it Whoa. by that point, or 150,000 miles. It was then, I guess, what, about 15 years old. Um, right. It had been the family car that entire time, and it looked fantastic. Yes. It looked fantastic because, because I, my, I don't know, my parents never had a car when I was a kid. So, like, Andy Scott. Took care of business on that car. And so when I got a dad car, I'm like, I'm going to be like Andy. My children aren't allowed to do anything in here. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're driving to the YMCA this
1: morning. No eating, no playing, no, fan, no daydreaming. No thinking, yeah. No thinking.
0: And I, I, sm- I, it, I was almost to the YMCA, and I'm like, man, the car smells terrible. One of my kids wears a diaper, you know, so who knows what's happening, you know. You never know what the bad smell is when you have small children. Sure. That's right. And, uh, yeah, anyway, long story short, uh, my, uh, long story short, uh, my son Simon just barfed all over my car. Um, He was okay. He was fine. He was in fine spirits, which is why he had barfed silently and not (laughs) said anything. Yeah. Anyway, I had to go through, I spent most of my day... Trying to figure out how you get barf smell out of a brand new car.
1: <laughs> what is the interior of your of your car?
0: Well, here's the thing: it has a <laughs> it has a you know like a leather. Is it made
1: of un uncleanable terry cloth? <laughs> no, it has
0: like a leather or possibly leatherette interior. Mm-hmm. Um, the leatherettes are very high quality these days. It's kind of hard to tell. Sure. Um, right. But the problem is he was sitting on uh, he was sitting on a like a built-in booster seat that has fabric sides, and it went into. The, so it like pops out of the regular seat mm. yeah, and it went down into the mm. various crevices.
1: You're going to take, you're, you're gonna have to take that booster seat and you're going to have to throw it into a hole. Right. <laughs> you're going to have to take
2: built, that whole car and throw bu- it into the Grand Canyon. It's
0: built yeah. into the seat. That's the problem. You can't do There's nothing you can do about you're gonna it. You're going to
2: need to sprinkle some baking soda down in there and then you're going to need to pour some vinegar on it, so it pops up like a volcano. (laughs) Clean that right out of there.
1: You know what? I'm so glad you're here, Ria, because you have such practical advice (laughs) that is also exciting and explosive.
0: You know what I did? I'll tell you guys what I did. I looked it up on the internet. I used an enzymatic carpet cleaner. There you go. In Mm -hmm. there, uh, did some scrubbing, and then I poured in some of that uh, pet carpet dust. Yes, that's in there right now. Mm-hmm. And then when I get back to the house, I'm gonna hit it with the shop vac.
2: Hit it with that shop vac, and then if those don't work, I'm telling you, baking soda. You've already started a great base yeah. of removal of disgustingness, and then you, baking soda should cut it.
1: All right, this is the sound of a gavel. I want order in this court. <laughs> okay, He's should we get down
0: far. to the should we get down to the questions and cases here?
1: When Jesse said we were going to do this automobile docket. I was like, we got to get someone who has cleaned a lot of vomit out of a lot of cars and knows cars and <laughs> loves cars and takes pictures of cars. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Rhea, your, your Instagram account is called?
2: Uh, You mean my handle? Yeah, your handle. Oh, yeah. My handle is just my name. It's your name. R-H-E-A-B-U-T-C-H-E-R.
1: And you the to to
2: hashtag for my car series is Ria View Mirror. Very easy to remember.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. The other thing about Rhea, <laughs> which will make for an exciting special automotive docket of Judge John Hodgman, is that Rhea uh, enjoys puns. And I do not <laughs> and Rhea and Rhea and I am a dad, but Rhea is the best at making dad jokes. I'm great at dad time. jokes. Thank you, John. You're, and it's fantastic. It's, uh, we spent such a wonderful time together on the Joko cruise, uh, where you would just make dad jokes that would, uh, that would make me w- wither in both contempt for you and jealousy of your skills.
0: <laughs> Here's the thing. Is Rhea a woman? Yes. Uh, does Rhea have children? No. Uh, is Rhea wearing Cleveland Cavaliers throwback socks right now? Yes. Indeed that qualifies her as the number one dad in the room. Yeah. Hillary writes, is there any such thing as a customized license plate that doesn't reflect poorly on the owner in one way or another? That
1: That's, uh, that's a, it's not a dispute, but it's an important question of taste. Absolutely. And I, have a, I have a strong opinion, uh, which is correct. But before I (laughs) give it to the world, uh, guest expert Rhea Butcher, what's your feeling on this?
2: I feel incredibly divided about uh, vanity plates. I've tried to think of vanity plates for myself, um, but unfortunately, my name just leads to, uh, you know, jokes that I've heard my entire life, and I won't even go down that road. But um I saw one the other day that sort of changed my mind about vanity plates because there was a car in front of me at a light whose vanity license plate was simply Depeche mode. Um, And then on (laughs) top of that, That I mean, they abbreviated it and I forget. I think it was MDE. Um, But then... On top of that their license plate frame was also I'd rather be at a Depeche Mode concert. <laughs> and that is just a one two punch of a winner right there.
0: That is not something that is not something that you just buy off the shelf at the license plate frame store. Not at all. Uh, that right. is not a my son's name is
1: also bored. <laughs> situation. That is yes, that is a that's a custom plate frame.
2: Absolutely it is. Custom
1: plate, custom frame.
2: All Depeche Mode.
1: Yeah. All, I think that once you go that far, you it's you're you're clearly being driven by an impulse that no podcast can stop. <laughs> Absolutely. Generally speaking, I think that I associate vanity plates with people that I would rather not know. You know. <laughs>
2: I'd rather not know you. That's your license plate frame. <laughs> I,
1: I, I, I don't think I would ever get one until they actually, you can put a hashtag on them. Maybe you can put a hashtag on them. I feel right? like you That's can because be, number
2: one, people okay, put number guys, one. Right?
0: I, have, I, saw, yeah. I saw one on the way here. It was Jonica, but with an heart instead of the O in John. Which mm. I can without also oh, a symbol. So my theory is that it means that John
1: loves Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you can definitely have I mean, you're basically getting emojis on there now, which is the next step, of course. Yeah. Like Depeche Mode, I saw I saw a license plate, the vanity plate, that almost that changed my thinking for sure. I'm not sure whether for more negative or more positive. But is a New Hampshire license plate and <laughs> I, and i And I know that you can put a hyphen at least because it had a hyphen, and then it said uh t e r p c hyphen terpsk or terpsk. I'm like, what is that and it took me a while before uh I realized that in New Hampshire you can get a license plate that has a big picture of a moose on the left hand part of the license plate, so it was moose terpiece wow. <laughs> wow wow it it really was like that person did a lot of work. They they very cleverly figured that out that you could that you could incorporate the design of the plate <laughs> into your vanity plate to make your terrible dad joke. Wow. They must and, hate their and, day and, job. And it was a real thinker and by the time I had thunk it out, I had uh mi- missed my exit. <laughs> so I think that there's an argument that could be made that they are um, pointlessly distracting to other drivers. But I will say, when I was looking up the license plate, I discovered two things. One, you can have an ampersand. And two, someone else had taken the same license plate, and they did ampersand squirrel. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. And I kind of liked that one. Is I kind of like moose, ampersand is squirrel. Is this the
0: part of the show where I admit that I used to have a custom license plate? I I did believe really? it is. Yeah. I My first car... Uh, was, uh, Chevrolet El Camino. I didn't learn to drive in high school because um, I'm from the city and I just, you know, it, there was basically because my parents told me that not only would I have to buy the car, I would have to pay for all the insurance and gas plus the added insurance. Even if I didn't buy a car, I would have to pay for the new insurance costs to each of them for their separate insurance policies. Serious. So uh, I'd never learned to drive uh, until I was like 20 and I was at college in Santa Cruz and I just wanted just nothing more in the world than to be out of santa cruz as often as possible and it was kind of hard to get out of santa cruz on the bus so uh, i bought an el camino and uh i had a license plate that said cali 415 cali 415 being the uh, area code of san francisco
1: there you go why did you decide not to continue down that dark path
0: well i sold i sold that car with the license plate right and the thing is is in california because
1: you realized that you were a grown-up
0: it is so hard. It is so hard to get anything. Like, there's a machine on the internet in California where you can just type in combinations of letters and see if they're taken. And right. you could sit there for an hour just typing in everything that you can think of, and you will never actually achieve uh, a successful, uh, untaken vanity license plate So you're telling me
2: that my dream of having the vanity license plate RSTLNE... Is probably not going to happen because <laughs> I live in California.
0: It seems likely. <sighs> it seems likely that it's spoken for. I mean, we've got a producer, if only she was looking it up right now. <laughs> I have thought about, you know, recently I've thought about uh, my car is black in color. And I have thought about. I think you can pay a little bit extra, and you can these days in California, and you can get old timey. Oh, you can get those black plates. You can get black and yellow uh, Uh, license plate, which is what California was until like the seventies or eighties. I wondered about that. Throwback plates.
2: Oh, and then get hashtag TBT on that. They're stamped out.
0: (laughs) They're stamped out by. uh, They're stamped out by prisoners in like classic horizontal striped prison outfits.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. In summary. Uh, I'm going to say we, not any one of us likes it. Uh, I would never get one. Um, getting one is drawing attention to yourself in a way that I consider to be, uh, inconsiderate to other drivers. No one likes your cutesy jokes, but, uh, Depeche mode gets a, if you're going to do it, do it Depeche mode style and, uh, and, and, and not only get a vanity plate, but a vanity frame. Then if you're that committed, then I, then I will allow it.
0: Can I tell you the one that I I have found the most charming in all of my life that I'm hoping sure. Rhea will back me up on because she's such a baseball fan? Uh, San Francisco and New York Giants legend Willie Mays, arguably the greatest baseball player of all time, uh, was known as the Say Hey Kid. Uh, And he was famous for always driving a Cadillac with a license plate that said, say, hey.
1: I mean, that's just beautiful right there. I think Willie Mays gets a pass for a lot. I mean, say, hey, Willie Mays
2: gets a pass on that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Here's something from
0: Jay. I'm a college student. So are most of my friends. Most of us have cars. Every time we go out to do something, we have to decide whose car to use.
1: Oh, what a... What a what, <laughs> what a, an how, embarrassment of how, cars. How hard your life must be, oh. kids. I'm in
0: college and we all have cars. All I can oh. think of in my, in my California public school that I went to is just how excited you were if you had a friend with a car. Like yeah, if no you knew I'm one person with a car who could get you out of Santa Cruz cruise. That's like all you wanted in the world. Just one person with a car and a parking pass so you didn't have to take that bus.
2: I went to a commuter college, so everyone had cars at my college, and no one lived on campus. It was odd if anyone lived on campus.
0: The good news is you, you weren't obliged to have any friends. I was not, and I barely did. <laughs> okay. Bright college years. So uh, Jay says, I think that the person who has the idea for what we're doing should drive us. My friend Dylan thinks it should be on a strict rotation, and we should all contribute equally. While this may seem fair, in quotes, it has no bearing on the real world where you have to accept the consequences of your actions, like using your gas and losing prime
1: parking spots. (laughs) Can you tell Dylan he's wrong? See, this is the thing. I'm probably, I probably will, but let's talk about it a little bit before we get into this. First of all, this is one where I would say, where, where does this person exist in the world? because if they're at a if they're at a college where they all have cars then parking cannot be the problem that he suggests that it is or at least he hasn't had the trauma of parking a car in a major city where that's actually losing your spot is a big issue right so he must be talking about prime parking spots in the massive dorm parking lot or something what what do you think ria
2: i agree i mean it's probably because he did say prime parking. Yes, that's a right. quote from his question. Yep. So right. he's not talking about losing a parking space that then you have to park miles away from your home or not park right. at all. He's right. just talking about, mm, th- I like the spot. I can see my car from my dorm. And right. like that's not that's not a real sacrifice.
1: Rhea, here's a question for you. Yes, Sean. Let's say we're in college together. <laughs> yes. Which... By the way, is going to be our great new TV show
2: in college together.
1: In co- <laughs> college, pals, grown up college pals, grown up college pals, <laughs> and uh, and uh, we decide. And let's say we're all three of us in college together, and we decide we are going to go to the movies. And Ria, you offer to drive, and we say thanks. And the movie theater it, it takes a, 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 a how much gas. Let's see, you start with a full tank. How much gas do you burn before you start feeling like we ought to be giving you some money for gas?
2: To me, I feel like if you burn more than let's say a quarter of a tank. Yeah. That's that's when you say like here's some money for gas or you offer to purchase that person's entry into the thing that you're doing. So right. if you're not if you're going to a concert, maybe not the ticket to a $30 concert but you buy them a drink or a shirt or something like that um, or you pay for the parking or you buy the movie
0: ticket. You pay the tip at dinner
2: Exactly. Or you yeah. buy them dinner um, but these are college students so they don't eat uh, their dinner yeah. would probably be a bag of Fritos but um, yeah
0: yeah, uh, I think I that's... believe these college students are purchasing Iron Man dinners at Denny's <laughs>
1: Sure <laughs> Yes <Yeah. laughs> uh, yeah. so first of all Jay you're wrong on two points one parking is not an issue in your life i've decided not knowing anything about where you live (laughs) (laughs) and and two you're you're quite right that everyone should everyone should be conscious of the gas that is being burned by the person who's being nice enough to drive now to your issue i think the person who has the idea for what we're doing should drive us so basically you're saying that there you need a neg- that that creates a negative incentive to suggest things right if driving is seen as a hardship then someone might have a great idea of some dumb place to go and they won't they won't suggest it cuz they don't feel like driving or one person loves to drive and he will be or she will be the only person who ever gets to suggest things but
0: there is a certain amount of there's a certain amount of logic to it in that I think as Jay describes it, the person who is suggesting the activity is in a way the host of the activity. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, the originator of the activity. Exactly. And I, I think I can understand Jay's logic by that uh, by that means that the person who is suggesting it is saying uh, is saying I am responsible for this. Uh, this is my idea. I am the progenitor of this. And that doesn't pre- I don't wouldn't see it as precluding other people from driving, especially if they had, for example, more seats in their car. You know, always in college, somebody is driving an inherited minivan. <laughs> And, but, uh, you know, if uh, if if absent that, I don't think it's a bad rule of thumb.
1: I definitely see uh, as a basic point of of decency, if I've decided, hey, uh, we're going to go all, we're going to all go out to, where do college kids go? The malt shop?
2: Yes. Hey, there's a
1: new malt shop in the next county. They don't go for malts, though. They go for phosphates.
0: (laughs) Right. Egg
1: creams. (laughs) Yeah, there's a there's a new there's a new uh, there's a, a new sw- swing dance parlor and phosphate counter. Have they got rock candy? Yes, they do. They're at the uh, and and uh, ooh, Werthers. Well, <laughs> yeah, they, have, they have throw. Hey, I just heard of a place that's got throwback cane sugar only moxie across <laughs> state line. Let's go. Let's go over there for a pop. That's what they say. What do they say in Cleveland?
2: Pop. Yeah pop it's right i'm
1: trying to make you feel comfortable. solidly pop country i don't know it's weird you know what they say that's actually what
0: it says on the sign that says welcome to Cleveland." welcome to pop welcome country to cleveland solidly like, pop country solidly pop
1: country they used to call they used to say a uh, tonic in, in new england mm. meaning any kind of soda or pop now we've all just fallen under the soda empire like uh, soda. let's all go get sodi pops uh across the state line uh i don't feel like driving would you do it bob that's I think fair. If I Bob would you mind driving if I if I chip in for gas money to go to my on my pop run? That's fair, I think too. I mean, here's the thing. This isn't a hardship to begin with. I don't see why, I don't see having a simple reasonable negotiation among friends of, over who's going to drive based on who's more inclined to drive or whether uh, how large the party is compared to the car, uh who's feeling like it at that moment, who's not feeling like driving? This is all shifting terrain. So I don't see why you need to either have a hard and fast rule that the person who suggests has to drive or create some insane chore wheel like Dylan has in mind, where it's like this, your t- it's your turn now. Even though, even though we're all going to go to the state fair, we're all going to get into your hatchback or whatever.
0: I, I think I like the idea of this. I like the idea of like... uh a, f- a logic a, like a wall-sized logic flow chart slash yeah. chore wheel that would be necessitated by dylan's crazy plan yes that this group of eight friends who do right. not always go everywhere together of course right
2: yes none of them it's like, taking what? it you have to take into to account so many variables to get an actual yes. rotation that would not allow for anyone to game the system you would have to include tread depth on everyone's uh tires you're <laughs> yes. gonna have to give me the spark plug clearance when was your most recent tune-up? How yes. good is your fuel injection? Do you have fuel injection? I don't know fuel what these things
1: mean, but yes, go.
2: Side curtain airbags. What's going on? Who is going to... Keep... Mileage. Simple things. Do you also, use your tachometer? I want to know all of this. What kind of radio do you have going on? Do you have a radio at all? I want to yeah, know. And,
0: yeah, because I yeah, would a Distance. Not, if I'm a college student in 2016, there is no way that I'm going on a trip of longer than 15 minutes with anyone whose car radio does not accommodate the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Exactly.
1: Jay, I hope you were taking that all down, all of those, all of those criteria, uh, because uh, either you're going to create an algorithm where you can punch in the destination uh, and it will keep track of who drove last and whose car is in better shape. And that way you're going to even out all of it. Uh, or you're just going to have to figure it out talking to each other. Because I don't like either of your dumb solutions. So there it is. <laughs> Here's something from Molly. I've just
0: bought my first car. Any judgely advice?
1: Well, what do we, what do we think here? Is it, Is it... Molly, this is the first car that she's owned, but she's been a driver for many years or do we think that she's a young driver who just bought her first car? What do you what are we going to go with?
0: I'm going to say that she is like a young adult. I think if I'm going to guess, I'm going to say she's 23 so years old. A
1: 14 a 14-year-old? 14
0: no, like a twenty three year old. Like maybe she a was John, driving, a John Green reader. She was driving her parents' car or right. whatever. This is her first car that she paid for. This,
1: this is a long time driver, first time buyer. Yeah. All right. I guess I would start by saying if you were driving your parents' car before, obviously you treated it like garbage. Don't do that. Ria, what else would you suggest?
2: I would say don't go too crazy with air fresheners. That is a fool's mm-hmm. errand. They never smell good. You become immune to it, and then people get in your car, and you're like, or like, I don't even want to be friends with this person anymore. This is disgusting. Uh, it will make everyone sick. Don't spend any time with that. And also, get regularly scheduled oil changes.
0: Yeah. Do yes. not
2: forget the oil change. Become familiar with your vehicle. It takes like 20 minutes.
1: What are the skills that you think every driver uh, with regard to basic maintenance? should be should should cultivate and have not just out of need but out of basic self-respect and fun
2: Mm. out of basic self-respect and fun number one you should be able to put air in your own tires at any gas station that has it always have quarters in your car have a tire gauge very fun and easy to use the little thing pops out it makes me happy every time
1: yeah i love that it makes me feel like i just cooked a chicken it's like one of those <laughs> exactly.
2: desk
0: it's like one of those desk toys that you squeeze oh, yeah, and the stress alien's clown. ears pop out yeah,
2: yeah. exactly <laughs> stress clown yeah. uh, so you should be able to do that you should also know how to change and,
1: and may i may i say oh, yes, this please is it. something that i learned Know what your tire recommended tire pressure should be. And if you don't know, look inside the door of your uh, driver's side door. Look right? inside That's the door. Sure where they yep. have it. It's printed right on there. When I discovered that they were actually trying to give me information <laughs> that, I, that I could use practically in my life, it was very exciting for me. It's
2: very exciting when you realize yeah. it's printed right there on the door. What a perfect That's metaphor. Right. Um, yes, yeah, so tire pressure. You should also know how to change your own windshield wipers. That's a very simple project that you should do regularly. And in concert with that, you should know how to uh, fill up your windshield wiper reservoir. Very easy to do. Also, learn how to uh, properly close the cap on your windshield wiper fluid reservoir. Don't be a big muscle man, Hulk Hogan, on that
0: thing. And slam it shut. Just close it. The nice thing about uh, doing your own windshield wiper reservoir mm-hmm. is that then you can get like uh, you can like look on the internet and find out like what the super dope windshield wiper stuff is mm-hmm. instead of like the generic stuff that they give you. And you will not believe how clean your windshield will be with one squirt of that stuff.
1: So clean. wait a minute, you can kit you can kit out with special. Uh, super uh, washer fluid. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's like it's like the difference between it's like the difference between using uh, a brand name household cleaner and uh local generic brand. LA's totally
1: awesome cleaner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and what about the car battery?
2: I think the battery is sort of a tough thing because you're talking about electronic stuff, especially with newer cars. So I recommend like having a basic knowledge of like where your battery is at in terms of its lifetime. But I wouldn't recommend being somebody that's just changing your battery unless you have an older vehicle, that it's a little bit of a simpler connection just because I wouldn't want anybody uh, shocking themselves with a car battery. And
0: there, no matter what it is and no matter what car you drive, there is a heavily accented guy on YouTube uh, who yes. will dis- who will show you exactly how to do
1: whatever it is. God, it never even occurred to me to go to YouTube to learn all this stuff. Now I'm very interested.
2: Anything else, Ria? Um, I would say you know just make sure you get gas money from people who uh, ride in your brand yeah. new
1: vehicle with you. Yeah, your car is a is a not just a wonderful conveyance, but it's a magnificent uh, deadbeat detecting device.
2: Indeed. Indeed it is.
1: <laughs> You're going to quickly learn which one, which which of your friends are stand-up friends and which are uh, 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 stowaway friends.
0: <laughs> All right, Judge Hodgman, time is short. We're going to get into the lightning round. Here's something from Nell. My husband, Billy, usually drives our two cars, while I usually ride in a carpool to and from work. Hopefully he drives them at different times. Billy is a stay-at-home dad. He drives the kids around and runs most of the errands. While I drive on the weekends, I often find an empty gas tank on each of the cars. When Billy goes to the gas station, he only fills the tank part way. We can afford a full tank. He just does a partial fill because he's running late or he's bored or he doesn't like the other people at the gas station or it's hot outside or whatever. I would like a judgment that when he visits a gas station, he must always fill the tank. He should also never leave the car with an empty tank.
1: Rhea, would you agree with me that Billy is a monster? I agree that Billy is a monster. Sounds like a monster to me, Judge. Monster it is. Let's move on. (laughs) Always fill your tank, everybody. Fill the
2: tank. If you are the stay-at-home whatever, it is part of your duties to make sure the cars have gas. That is part of my
0: duty. Oh, if you dri- absolutely. If, if you are driving someone else's car yeah. and you leave it empty. Or you have two vehicles per
2: family and you drive them both they're removing all the gas from them and you don't like the people at the gas station so you cannot fill them. Put the gas pump in the car. Put the locking mechanism on. Clean the windows. Keep yourself busy. Buy a Snickers bar. Come back out. It's done. Don't top off. Put it away. Don't get the gas on the car. Put it away. Fill them Go back home. That's it. Rhea
1: mentions a good point, too. If you're a a parent, you don't ever want to be in a position where you've got a a sudden emergency and you need to be somewhere fast and you've got an eighth of a tank because you don't like to look at the guys at the gas station. (laughs) I'm pretty sure what Billy
0: is doing is just driving the cars until they run out of gas, leaving them on the side of the road and just going and getting the other car. Terrible. Right.
1: And I think, Jesse, you raise a really important, a really good point as well, which is if you're using someone else's car, Filling the tank is not merely a, a a gesture of courtesy. It is one of the best feelings a human can have.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Okay. Filling up someone else's tank. Here's some.
0: Moving on. Here's something from Andrew. Is a driverless car a robot? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's obvious. Here's something from Rachel. I bring this case against my dad, Jerry, and younger brother, Andy. I believe that the oldest sibling should be granted the right to sit in the front seat when it is open, while Andy thinks that calling shotgun is enough. I'm in college. (laughs) and not at home most of the year as I am off doing whatever is so unimportant that I think about this a lot. So I don't think it should be a problem for my brother to give up the front seat when I'm home on breaks. My dad claims to be disinterested but when I asked his mother who sat in the front seat of their car growing up she said my dad the oldest sibling without question my brother and I need your help before we both have to sit
1: in the back. Rhea, what's your take on this? One?
2: My take is that yes, she does get shotgun. Given that she does not live in the house anymore, and she is back as a visitor and a guest, and the visitor slash guest gets to choose the seat they sit in in any vehicle.
0: What if the brother is tall?
2: He has to sit. He can sit in the middle. The middle back seat is worse. Is comfortable. You're not tall. Not in modern day cars. You're not oh, tall. I'm not tall. I'm tall for a woman. Mid
0: sized.
1: You're a mid sized person. <laughs> i would say i would say you know luxury full size yeah you're a luxury, I'm a luxury full size. size thank you john yeah that's what i thought uh i am feeling well you know it's i i am feeling in, initially i i had misheard this and i didn't realize that rachel was the older sister i thought that this was an older brother and a younger brother dynamic in which case i would have said andy Uh, The younger brother is um, has a, has a, a, a huge mix of feelings because suddenly his older the dominant brother is out and Andy is the the oldest child in the house and has this brief window of opportunity to really have his parents all to himself um and is is understandably feeling empowered to be able to grow up to the point of sitting in the car and that the older brother should be happy enough to be off at college and 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 have the the um and should have the grown up decency to appreciate that Andy is going through his own transition in life and should deserve some respect but now that i appreciate that uh, the older sibling is a, an older sister and a, and it's a younger brother. The dynamic is very different and he's just trying to be a jerk to his older sister. <laughs> and I agree with Rhea. <laughs> uh, one last thing before we leave. It's been so much fun to have you here, Rhea Butcher. Um, I enjoy your car expertise very much. And Bailiff Jesse, you know how I feel about you.
2: Oh, thank you, John. It's my pleasure to be here and to be a witness.
1: I received a very interesting letter through the electronic mail at hodgman at maximumfund.org, which you can always write me. Um, with your thoughts, comments, suggestions, and uh, cases, and in this case, uh, a fellow named Nick O'Brien uh, wrote in with a with a rather long list of car uh, advice uh, that we will post on the website, both car maintenance uh, and uh, and driving advice, uh, based upon his expertise as the program coordinator for automotive technology at Jefferson Community and Technical College in Lowellville, Kentucky. Lowellville, I believe it's actually pronounced. He has advice on warming up your car in the winter, whether or not to do it. I won't spoil whether he decides uh, what what he says. Proper air conditioning use, whether to use the fresh air versus the recirculate, clearing snow and ice before driving, and uh, this is the one I really want to just leave you guys with. Fast lane etiquette. He says something that is profoundly non-controversial and really important to listen to. The primary purpose of the far left lane is passing cruising in the left lane is not only rude and entitled it often leads to clusters of traffic and encourages frustrated drivers to attempt to make up for lost time by speeding agreed 100% don't don't drive in the passing lane um but here is this and i want to get your opinion on this ria he says mr professor nick o'brien of carology if someone is driving the fast lane and you wish to pass another person in the fast lane you get behind a car who's just sitting there in the fast lane not driving and not getting out of the way. It is permitted to quickly flash your headlights to signal the driver in front to get out of the way. That driver's responsibility is to get out of the way without taking offense. Have you ever been in the fast lane and have someone pull up behind you and flash their lights at you?
2: Oh, I've been on both sides of that equation.
1: And what is your opinion?
2: And my opinion is that is absolutely the etiquette of the fast lane. You are... Because uh, horns are useless on the freeway, and so... The light is the most uh, easy way to do that. And I have had people flash their lights at me and I get right out of the way and I've flashed lights at people and they do not get out of the way. So then I slow down in the fast lane or I get out of the fast lane because it is the passing lane. And then I just let them mess everything up and I drive on by saying, I did it right. I'm doing it right.
1: I have long loathed those people. I don't, I don't, I don't travel in the fast lane. You understand? I use it to pass. But then there are some people who just pull up right behind you, even as I'm passing another car to get out of there and start flashing their lights. I think those people are monsters. They are monsters. Who do you agree with? Rhea Butcher, me, Nick Lowe or Nick Lowe. I mean, Nick Lowe, Nick Nick O'Brien or Bailiff Jesse with regard to uh, using headlights to tell someone to get out of the way, flashing of headlights to tell someone to get out of the way. Maybe we'll put together some kind of poll or you can talk about it in the comments. Right, Jesse? How do you get to those comments and everything else that we use to end the show?
0: Well, hit up MaximumFun.Reddit.com. Like the Judge John Hodgman page on Facebook and join the Maximum Fun group on Facebook. And of course, you can tweet about the program with the hashtag JJHO, JJHO, our show produced by Julia Smith, edited by Mark McConville, made possible on this very special episode by our friends at Chevrolet. Uh, And if you have a case for Judge John Hodgman on any topic, automotive or otherwise, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO, MaximumFun.org slash JJHO, and submit it there. No case too big or too small. We considers them all. And we're grateful for your help in making this program. And Rhea Butcher, where can we see you in the future? You can
2: see me on CISO this summer in uh, "Take My Wife." Um, you can also see me as a correspondent on Know You Shut Up" with Paul F. Tompkins uh, on Fusion Network, and I will also be debuting my first stand-up album this summer, August or September, on Kill Rock Stars Records.
1: Congratulations, indeed! It's so glad. Uh, it's such a pleasure to have you here, and I hope you will come back.
2: Absolutely, John. Thanks for having me.
0: You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash
1: join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2020-24, 20, 20, One study found that using Babel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbelcom slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting auraframes.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A U R A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
1: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
2: <laughs> Hard to believe.
1: Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating.
0: Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app.
1: And at MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org.
0: Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
1: Listener supported.